What's up, everybody? Welcome back to At The Half. I'm your host, Jackie Ray. I know this is supposed to be up every single Monday, and here we are at Thursday. My clock is all off. If you guys are working from home and are somehow maintaining an exact schedule, please let me know how you're doing it, because my sleep patterns are off. My work schedule, it's just its just a lot, but that's okay. We are going to get back on track this week, so don't worry. I'll still be back on Monday to talk about something. Uh, today, we've got a lot to talk about. we got the NFL, who seems to say we are staying on track no matter what. Lamar Jackson is practicing with somebody that I definitely want to get a second chance in the league. We're starting a new segment today, too, called WWDD. We're going to have our first presidential nomination for the president of Douchetown, because WWDD stands for What Would Donald Do? As in Trump, that is. Plus, it's shots o'clock somewhere, you guys, so we're going to take a shot to a new segment. Some friends of mine joined me a little earlier in the week to talk about Steven Jackson, guys, and we're going to tune into that let you hear a little bit of that. But right now, let's get into... So look, I am a big fan. I know you guys are not with me, unfortunately. I'm a huge Antonio Brown fan. First of all, I'm always for the underdog. I love immense talent. I follow Antonio Brown on Instagram, and I got to say, since probably February 13th or so, he has been Mr. Quiet. He's been Mr. On Par, Mr. I Am Trying to Get My Life Right. He was on The Breakfast Club um, talking about his music where he seemed a little weird, where he called himself Himami, Himami, something. I don't know. It was weird. So he seemed like he's still a little off. But as far as how he is presenting himself on Instagram, he seems like he's doing Okay. <laughs> um, he clearly wants to get back in the league. The thing is, is he's definitely doing the physical part of his training. He's definitely showing that he's staying in shape, doing the workouts, all of that good stuff. You can see all of that on his Instagram. The problem is I haven't seen any posts about, hey, going to see a therapist today. Hey, I'm in counseling. Hey, I'm acknowledging these things. Now, I know that uh, the woman that filed sexual harassment uh, charges against him, Brittany. I don't believe her for a second, but nevertheless, you still have to present evidence. The NFL has not investigated that yet. They would have to complete the investigation on that per their personal conduct rules. And then if he passed that, then I'm sure they would set some sort of guidelines before he could get back into the league. That does not change the fact that he was practicing with Lamar Jackson in Florida. I am pretty excited about that, you guys. He posted it to his, well, there was a video, but see, here's the thing. I originally saw it on um, Antonio Brown's account where they were they were doing their thing, and I saw a video, which I should have screenshotted it then because now it's gone, but there still is, um, there's still the tweet from his cousin, you know, Hollywood Brown, who is also working out with Lamar in this video, but I'm a little bummed that I didn't see. This is a lesson in internet spying or stalking like I usually do with Antonio Brown. If you see it, grab it. But nonetheless, they saw a picture of the three of them, Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, and Antonio Brown together. They are practicing in Florida for all you SDPD out there, which is my social distancing police. I understand what you're saying, especially if you're looking at the picture where they're all kind of hugged up. But to my knowledge, neither of these three men have it, so they are okay. 
But what about the person taking the picture? I don't know. I don't know. The, my point is, got me knocking on my little LeBron doll. <laughs> the point is, um, this is a step forward. I do not anticipate the Ravens in any way, even considering Antonio Brown, um, much like I didn't anticipate the Buccaneers and considering Antonio Brown. It's, if the Buccaneers and Tom Brady can't find a way, then it's just not going to happen. But I want Antonio to win. I want him to be the guy that conquers his demons because definitely there are some demons. So I definitely want him to put in the work. I know, especially in the black community, the thought of going to see a healthcare professional is kind of unnerving to a lot of us. I don't care what any of you say that there was that big hit where Antonio got rocked and he was never really, he was always a little cocky before then, but he wasn't just full on crazy before then. And he's gotten progressively worse. And so I think if he gets the help he needs, unfortunately, he might even need medication of some sort. And I know how that sucks because I've seen people go through that and it kind of makes them slow and takes away their personality and their liveliness and the energy that makes them who they are. It's kind of taken away, especially until they get the medication right. So I get that that might not be something you want to do, but AB, baby, do what you got to do. I need you back in the league. You're 31 now. I need you back in the league post haste. So take advantage of this coronavirus situation and get yourself mentally healthy. Fight this personal conduct investigation and get in the league. Dare I say, who that? Look, don't come for me. Who that nation? I think he would be great there. All right. So let's move on to speaking of the NFL. They have come out and said that they are at all costs planning on right now starting this season on time. So I know some people had some issues with them going ahead and pushing forward with the draft. I did not because I feel like that's something that can easily be done um, without being in, you know, social, without violating social distancing and all that good stuff. Um, but here's the other thing. And I know my anti-political people are going to get a little bit mad at me. I don't think you can really get mad, not only at the NFL, because we know Roger Godell and um, 45 have a relationship. A lot of people in the NFL have a relationship with 45. So 45 came out and made us think, oh, it's exaggerated. It's just the flu. You don't have to worry about that. He did that for a long time and I've got the receipts to prove it. So I don't know if we can really get mad at people who are still kind of like, oh, we'll be done with this soon. Cause you know, 45 said we were going to be done with it by Easter, but now he's saying it's going to be the end of April. But now we have states that are saying the end of June. I saw something on the CDC website that said June is a realistic um, end point. If we right now, best case scenario, start following all the rules, everybody starts staying in, in their homes and things of that nature. So we're not going to do that. I can tell you from LA, we're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. So I'm not sure. I'm just not sure that we can really blame people for thinking that we're going to be able to get back on track. But I will say this. I saw this and I was like, okay, that's troubling. Um, so David Sampson got on uh, nothing nothing personal, which is his uh, podcast. And he's, he has some concerns about you know, the NFL saying that they want to move forward. But one of the things that he said that troubled me is that Roger Godell is sending notes to your, to the owners saying to be quiet about anything related to a delay and that they are subject to a fine 
if they discuss anything delay related. So oh, that is troubling because the fact of the matter is, is you should be talking about a delay. You should be preparing for a delay. You should be doing both. You should be preparing for a delay, but you should be anticipating that everything will be fine and we can move forward in September. I get that with the NFL is that hog. Um, I always quote Mark Cuban and I know I never quote him right, but he says, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. And the NFL to me is the hog that is anticipating at some point, maybe not anticipating, but they're definitely on the road to slaughter because everything they do is in search of more money, but it jeopardizes the players. It's already a violent league. It's already, we already know everything that happens with CTE and now you want to add more games and it's just, you want East coast, West coast, across the pond, Mexico, all of this travel, whether you like it or not, it's detrimental to the players. It doesn't provide good games. The fans would prefer good games. We got games on Monday, Thursday, Sunday, you know, it's just sometimes it's just a mess. It's, it's a mess. There's a lot going on that could be corrected. Um, I definitely don't think that we need an extra playoff game. I understand why you would want that. But at the same time, I'm a woman with no kids, but I know for a fact, if I have a child, unless he decides he wants to be a kicker, you're not playing football, love. I'm not going to let you get to the end of your life and have all these millions of dollars. And you practically forgetting every day that you got this money because your mind is messed up because it's been tossed around like this. And I don't hear the NFL talking enough about player safety Every now and then they'll do a whole, oh, we've got these new helmets with Antonio Brown. They were like, you know, it's a safety reason that we're making him change the helmet. But unless something like that happens, you don't hear the NFL do a big hoo-ha about safety. You know, they'll do the the vets thing every, what is that, October or something like that? Or is October breast cancer? I can't remember which one. But even that is phony because originally the military paid the NFL to honor the vets to get to boost their military recruitment. They literally got paid to be patriotic, which is funny to me considering that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But everything the NFL does is about money. And I would just feel better if I knew that they were planning for both. Please don't tell your owners not to say anything regarding a delay because there might be a delay. People are clearly stupid. We have people in Florida going to full-on packed churches because, you know, the Bible. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay anybody's religion, but seriously, people, people are dying. So I'm disappointed in that. I hope that's not true. I'm definitely going to look into that further, but nonetheless, this coronavirus is a thing. So, all right. So now I just want to introduce a new topic really quickly. It's called WWDD. What would Donald do? As in Trump. Now, everyone that I introduce in this segment are going to be up for the president of Douche-tropolis. And at the end of, uh, I don't know, let's do the end of the coronavirus. We'll vote to see who is going to become the president of Douche-tropolis. Now, the reason, you go, you guys know, you get the iron. Okay, anyway. So I actually don't know. I don't know if I, if we do this every single week until the virus is over, I'm pretty sure this guy is going to win 
president of douche topless because he definitely channeled his WWDD and thought more about money than he did the people. So the first nominee for the president of douche topless is Joel Friedman. Now, Joel owns a property in Philadelphia. On this property sits a hospital, a hospital that is desperately needed by the folks in Philadelphia right now because they are having, you know, we know the East Coast situation and, and everything that's going on with the coronavirus there. Joel says, you know what, city? Because they the city went to him and said, hey, you have this property that has this hospital that you're not using right now. You haven't done anything with the land, nothing with the building. The hospital technically is still functional. It's just not in use. We have a desperate need. People are getting sick. They're dying. We're not able to treat them properly. We need to do something. Can you help us? Can we use your hospital? Joel says, well, you sure can for $1 million per month. $1 million per month. So people went and they graffitied his house. And he said, I was going to paraphrase him, but I think that this, this, in order to win Douchetopolis, I must quote him exactly. Because he says, and I am quoting, vandalism or hate is never acceptable, nor will it solve any problems. Rather, it is a time to come together and work collectively for the best of the community. That is what I attempted to do, and the city determined the site was not suitable for its needs. He went on to say $1 million a month was fair market for that, for that property. I'm not even going to tell you my opinion, because I think that you will arrive at why he's my first nominee for the WWDD douche topless presidential candidate. Joel Friedman, everybody, give him a round of boo applause. Shut it, club. Shut it, um, club. Right now, um, we last week we kind of talked about the Stephen Jackson thing and what he said about there's nothing worse for a black man. Nothing will bring a black man down faster than a bitter black woman. Nothing will bring a man, any man, no matter your nationality down than a bitter woman, period. Especially if you're the person who caused her bitterness, i.e. cheating, i.e. side babies, i.e. maybe taking her money and taking her for granted because I've gone through that. So yeah, there's nothing worse than that. So doesn't really matter about the, the race, but the fact that a black man had that to say about a black woman spawned a little bit of rage in me, not bitterness, you, you should prefer bitterness because that was rage that I felt. But some gentlemen friends and I thought we should talk about it. They didn't really feel that my rage was warranted. So I want you to check out a piece of that right now. Shut up, club. Shut up, club. So let's get to it. So earlier this afternoon, I spoke to both of you about uh, a certain former NBA star's comments regarding his uh, relationships. I guess maybe that's the best way to put it. His relationships with his relation baby's mothers so i spoke to you guys mm -hmm. earlier so the quote um he talked about Ooh, that was you Oof. say it again what that gave him that heat yeah now he's playing mm -hmm. <laughs> oh no hey listen you guys this, this is why i love talking to each of the each of you because you're both so passionate about uh different topics indeed but all right so let's so let's go back for those of you who may not have seen or heard the comments uh 
Stephen A. Excuse me, Stephen Jackson talked about it, the relationship he's had he has um, with five women who have borne his children, and how you know he's paying child support, and yet some of the women are not allowing him to see the kids and the quote that I think got a lot of attention was, you have a life of pain and misery and unnecessary stress, and it ain't nothing you doing, it's the bitterness of another person, okay? So continue to love your kids and do whatever, even if you do have kids, love them, just as you were in a great relationship with their mom. But if you don't have kids, bro, take your time, find you one woman, settle down and have kids and do it the right way, because I'm telling you, the quickest way and the fastest way for a demise, demise of a black man, especially a successful black man, is a bitter black woman. So, Jackie, ladies first, I want to start with you. What were your initial thoughts when you saw and heard the comments? So my initial comments, my initial thoughts at first was like, why is this man who was pro-community penis even speaking out about this now? Because clearly you was happy to slang it. And so you got what you got. You know what I mean? You had no discretion. A man with discretion does not have five baby mamas. So that's first and foremost, like let's call a spade a spade. And, and yeah. here's the thing. He said that three of them, he wished that he never met. Right. Three. So if you couldn't get the clue after the first one, if you didn't learn your lesson out of the, after the second one, say less now, because this is entirely on you. On top of that, black women, we get so much flack specifically from black men. Um, and that's why we have websites called Black Love because it needs to be, we need to shine a light on it because it doesn't happen as often as it should. And then when you have this brother who, says I've exclusively dated black women and then you have these other brothers in the league who don't date black women and he's like you know there's nothing worse than a bitter black woman that'll bring you down it just it shines us in a in a negative light and I think he with the platform that he has and the black mother that he has he should do better all right Ronaldo what were your thoughts so I agree with everything that she said, right? Here's my thing though. And all right, I'm, I'm gonna twist this a little bit. When we talk about a certain black artist we know called Future, we talk about toxicity, right? He got what, nine baby mamas? Um, well, I, I don't know if it's nine, but he, he has quite a few. Well, he, he got a I lot. thought it was nine, so, eight or I nine. I thought it was nine. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, pretty sure it was nine. I thought, I thought it yep. was nine too. It might be nine babies, eight moms. But I know he got Something nine like babies. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, he okay. got nine babies. So my thing is, when I hear, like, women of all races talk about him and then, like, generalized Black men, I don't necessarily get offended because I know myself I'm doing the work. So I feel like I get where she's coming from, but I think there's a lot of Black women out there who aren't bitter. And I'm not sure if he was saying Black women in general are going to be the demise of black men. I think it's more or less bitter. And I think, I got to be honest with you, bitter anything, bitter black woman, bitter black men, bitter white, Asian, Latina, like whatever. Bitter, bitter. bitter is just not attractive. Correct. So I yes. think, <laughs> um, now he could have said bitter woman instead of saying bitter black woman. I guess that's where she's coming from because him putting the black in there. But I think, 
I see it from both sides just because he didn't say black women can be the I've actually heard guys say black women will bring you down, black women or whatever. But then him saying bitter black women, I'm looking at it from the perspective of he's just saying bitter, his baby moms, all three of them may have been black, but he didn't realize the context to which it would be taken. So I'm more or less giving him the benefit of the doubt that he doesn't mean all black women. He just means black women who happen to be bitter. Because I do believe there are a ton of black women out there who aren't bitter. If I'm being honest. I mean, he he clarified that on the Jamil Hill show. He said, I'm not speaking. But but see, the thing is, is like, once you throw gasoline in a match out there, you can't say, oh, I didn't mean to start the fire. That's just how it goes, you know? So he said, I didn't mean all black women, but you didn't say that in your initial video. And then he doubled down on it. The man is just not smart because he talked to a friend of his who told him, don't worry about these black women who are coming from you because a hit dog will holla. You got the community penis, but now you're referring to black women who are speaking out about this as hit dogs. Man is dumb. <laughs> just he's just I stupid. On <laughs> I don't know. No comment on that one. I no, that one I ain't gonna comment on. That's that's completely on him. But uh, the initial comment, I will say, when I first heard it, I heard obviously because I'm a black man, I heard bitter first, and I've met some bitter people. Period. Not just black, white, but some bitter people. A bitter woman will suck the life out of you black white you know whatever she will suck the life out of you now given his platform could he have i mean was it set out of frustration sure i guarantee he probably wants to have it back but when i heard it i initially just oh no steven steven jack he doesn't strike me as a dude that wants to take anything back that's fair i mean that's fair that's on him but um, I get where she's coming from. But when I heard it, I thought of bitter. And I think bitter is different than angry. I think there's a difference between, like, when you, when you say bitter black woman and an angry black woman. Because I think angry has been used a lot. Like, a woman who's passionate, they call it angry. Or they call it crazy. Or they call it whatever. They call it when she's just passionate. But a guy, they say he's fired up. They say he's, you know what I mean? So then you, you, you have a whole... Uh, it's a sex thing at that point but bitter i've seen tons of people who are bitter regardless of race and that's kind of the perspective i took it from not so much just bitter black uh more or less bitter so i'm giving him the benefit of the, of the doubt although i see if what i have said it uh probably not just given the climate that we live in now the social climate that we live in now but yeah that's I mean, I, for me, it's just like as as a people, as black people in general, we just have too much. And it's 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 ignorant to me that you you these are the women you chose to sleep with. So where does that responsibility come in? If you chose three bad women, that was your choice. And you clearly had a lot of practice because I know these ain't the only five women you slept with. So you've had practice on choosing women. So take responsibility for choosing the bad the bad women. Like you said, there's bitter people just regard in general. 
Um, and I've, I've seen bitter women, but I've also seen, you know, my friend, Nick, he always says it's the, it's not just what happened, it's the why. And I've seen those women that I would classify as bitter be cheated on numerous times, have side babies come up. You done taken half her damn money. There's so tell me the why first, if you want me to co-sign on, you got three bitter baby mamas, because you could have just said, I have three bitter baby mamas and left it at that. It didn't have, you didn't have to specify that a black woman, because the relationship between black men and black women has always been strained, at least in my lifetime. And so to tell other, especially young black men coming up that there's nothing worse for you than a bitter black woman, it's irresponsible. It's just irresponsible. Now, I do want well, I, I to oh, go, go back to, you talked about him taking responsibility for the women he slept with, the women he had children with. Now, in his quote, he did mention taking full responsibility for um, the relationships, the kids that resulted from those relationships. I wanted to circle back, though. You talked about the lack of a relationship or the strained relationship that Black men and Black women have had throughout your life. When it comes to Steven Jackson's background, obviously a single mother came from poverty and um, in, in the PAT, Port, Port Arthur, Texas. Do you think that plays a role into how he's had these relationship, relationships with these women and the comments he made the other day? That's a loaded statement uh, because I, I, I feel like as an adult, I, I'm not one of those people who I do believe that people fall victim to their environment they fall victim to their circumstances and I can allow that to a certain point it, like I said it's a loaded statement because he's seen how detrimental it is to not come from a two parent household and what that did to his mom and if he doesn't have enough respect for his mother to have done her best to get out of that. And I don't know this woman. I'm sure she made some mistakes along the way, as we all do. But I'm also certain that she tried her best to make way. And if he could have seen that and still be okay to say there's nothing worse for a Black man than a bitter Black woman, now we have a whole nother thing to unpack. So I don't, that's a lot. That, his background is a lot for him. And he would have to deal, deal with that, you know? So, Ronaldo, going back then, the whole being products of our environment. Do you see that yep. playing out here? Yes. Now, is it a justification? No. Because like I just prefaced, if someone were to talk about toxic black men, then if you're doing the work, if you're like black women and men, we come from interesting backgrounds and when i say that we're not stereotypically from nuclear homes according to society mm -hmm. in general right it's rare to see a black individual from a nuclear home whereas if you look at other races it's almost accepted that you can say what you got single parents and then you know uh, an african-american individual tells you they came from a single parent household it's almost like well okay of course you know what i mean right it's like water's like, wet exactly right almost like an expectation <laughs> Mm -hmm. that coming from a single parent household is a part of our race whereas when it comes to you know nuclear homes it's rare it's almost like if you talk about uh, an african-american doctor lawyer they're like mm -hmm. oh man they get amazed but it's almost like a dime a dozen in other races right you, you know what i mean and it's like weird we get this weird praise 
you know, someone graduated from medical school or so-and-so became a lawyer. It's like, oh my gosh. And then it's like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like given the background that we stereotypically come from, according to society, that we have to at least know that we have some work to do in terms of our mental, our emotional, our psychological, black men in general, our fathers, a lot of our fathers didn't have the knowledge. They didn't do a great job of, you know, showing us the things that others may know. So it's on us to educate ourselves. It's on us to kind of bridge that gap, if I can say that. So that's like the individual's responsibility, if I can, make, if I can say that. So when it comes to him, yes, he's a product. It's a product of his environment, but it's not a justification, meaning mm-hmm. at some point he would have had to say, I mean, five relationships that didn't work at some point, he's got to say, you know what? Maybe the common denominator is me and I should go talk to someone. I should find out why it is that I seek the same type of person, why it is that I look for this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I would say yes, but I would say it's not a justification. There's got to be some internal stuff done there after, you know. And I think the problem is like, (laughs) like I said, for me, coming from an environment where there wasn't a bunch of black people and then kind of learning, relearning the world once I got around, like there's certain things that you have to relearn. Thankfully for me, I was surrounded by a good group of people to learn from. And I think that, and I'm not trying to obviously put everyone in the same category, but when you look at professional sports in general, especially when you're talking about the NBA and the NFL, you're getting a lot of black kids who come from the same exact situation. So they don't have that person to look to that has a different upbringing. You're bringing a lot of kids who come from nothing and giving them something, but their backstories is all the same. So I think a lot of us, as we go through our adult life, our demographics change. And so our perceptions change, but I think in this specific case, when you're talking about the people that he's surrounded by, it's people who have the same stories or similar stories, at least. So he doesn't have that opportunity to evolve. Again, I'm not, clearly I'm not giving him a pass, but I'm just saying that with this situation, it might be difficult for him to grow past that mindset. So in growing past that mindset, how does one really do that? And uh, and with that, I can speak universally, men or, you know, this obviously can apply to males or females. How do you grow past your childhood circumstances or maybe bad relationships you've had as an adult or unsavory experiences you've had with members of the opposite sex? Where do you go to rectify those issues? I mean, I think you first have to look into self. First and foremost, because every, every, I mean, I have a horrible dating history, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> uh, just horror. That's a whole nother story for another day. And I literally, but again, thankfully, lat, well, let's see, I was on an island, um, Saipan, and I met this person who treated me exactly the way I wanted to be treated. And it changed my whole viewpoint because now it went from, Oh, it kind of just made me realize that there's a very specific, even though everybody that I've ever dated looks drastically different, but they all, again, come from similar backgrounds. Um, Is it that side of me that wants to fix a man? Am I that chick? You know what Mm. I mean? So you have to kind of, you kind of have to start, 
and not anymore. If I was, I am not now. But, <laughs> but you literally have to go through that. The light bulb, Oprah calls it, and I hate quoting Oprah sometimes, but she calls it an aha moment. You have to have that moment where you say, this is the part of me that's attracting this. And if you never have that moment, you're never going to change. Correct. She's right. I have a similar thing. Kevin, you know, uh, Kevin actually knows some of the women I've dated. Oh, yeah. You, um, <laughs> yeah. Boy. So it's, it's oh, the boy. aha moment that you have to have. All right, Kev. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the aha moment that you have to have where you look at similarities. And similarities in not just the relationship and its demise, but similarities in some of the chaos. And there was a lot of similarities in chaos. And just me personally, um, I used to date, like how you talked about being the girl who could fix guys. So my thing was, y'all recording this? We are. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, you know what? I don't even care. Whatever. So my <laughs> thing was, because I'm, you know, type A, I'm entrepreneurial, I never got into relationships letting people know what I needed. I was just right. more or less like, I'm the guy who's going to do, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. I got it. And then at a certain point, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not getting what I need back, but mm -hmm. I never communicated what I needed. And the reason I never communicated is because I put my needs on the back burner because that's what you do when you're in a professional setting and you're taking care of stuff. So mm -hmm. that led over into my personal life. So in every single relationship that I ever got in, I never expressed what my needs were. I just expected them to know what I needed because I was taking care of everything else. And then one day I woke up and I was like, my knees aren't getting met, but this person's happy. This person's life is kind of going like this and I'm kind of, you know, here. And after a while, I just noticed that pattern of picking mm -hmm. people who I guess more or less needed me than I needed them in a sense, mm -hmm. because I didn't communicate my needs. So I had to really, that was my aha moment. Yep. And then I had to, once I figured that out, I had to figure what is it that I need, like individually, not just what all men need, but what is it that I need? And once I was able to figure that out, I had to come to terms with that and be at peace with needing. Because I'm, I'm the type of guy who more or less doesn't like to need. I like to be mm -hmm. able to take care of stuff, like super independent, super whatever. So I had to come to terms with the fact that as a human being, I need certain things, affection, I need, you know what I mean? Just certain basic yep. needs. Once I came to terms with that, then I could say, you know what? I could pick a partner who was able to meet those needs. So yeah. that was my aha moment. Wow, that we went for me. We had the same aha moment. <laughs> <laughs> the important thing is we ended in agreement. We ended in, in knowing that whatever relationship mistakes you have made along the way, if you've made those mistakes over and over again, as I have, as a lot of us have, then you no longer get to blame the other person because at some point you have to self-reflect. You have to figure out why you keep going after the same thing or why you keep making these choices and you have to fix that. So it's not their fault that you keep making the same mistakes. So that's all I have for right now, you guys, but make sure you follow me on all things social media, including TikTok. I actually haven't uploaded one TikTok yet because who got that kind of time? I'm not doing all them damn challenges and them dance offs and none of that. 
I have to think of something else. But I will upload a TikTok. I have zero followers yet. I haven't followed anybody yet. I'm working on it. But make sure you follow me everywhere at J-Ray the Fanatic. Make sure you check me out every single morning, weekday on the Fumble Live, weekends on the Weekend Zone on the Fumble. Make sure you check me out on Wednesdays on The Opposite Reaction with Nick Hamilton. Come back here and check me out on Monday for At The Half. I will come back with some random thoughts of loveliness on Thursday for you as well. But until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other, be safe, and I'll see you soon.